I'm Stina. I'm Danielle. We want to focus on uh, television and movies in particular. Yes. Disclaimer that we are in no way film experts. A deep, like, dive. Be quiet. Whoa. I'm yelling. Back me up on this one. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to Two Girls Watch TV. Hello, everyone. Hello, welcome back to Two Girls Watch TV. I am Danielle. And I am Stina. And we watched TV this week. We did a whole lot of television. <laughs> Let me tell you that this week I've decided there was no greater week than to be called Stina and not Christina. Christina. <laughs> yeah. This is not a character you want to be named after. This is not a character that is me at all. I don't want to. Nope. We don't even No association. Not at all. Um, I also want to say I've never seen a TV show fit more stuff into 10 episodes we we had a conversation on the phone about this where it, nothing was off limits for the show. This episode is like my planner. <laughs> this you know? this episode of Two Girls Watch TV. Yeah, no, no, no. This well, I'm sorry. The, what we watched. Look, like let's just take a look at March. You guys can't see March, but look at March. Yeah, yeah. So I have everything color coded. Every category of my life has its own color, and then like. Health and fitness is green. The classes that I teach are yellow. And everything's, like, crammed in. And then there's, like, arrows drawn to different days to, like, remind me that I have even more things to do that day. You are Charlie Day in the Pepe Silvia. Like, that is you. I haven't gotten to that part of Always you Sunny. You never, you don't know what reference I'm talking about. No, it's from Always Sunny, right? Yes. Maybe I don't know. Oh, my God. I, I actually just assumed it was Always Sunny. It is Always Sunny, and basically he he's working in a mail room and he thinks that he's uh like uncovered a big like uh corporate conspiracy going on and he's go I got boxes full of Pepe and he's freaking out and it's there's a meme that's that he has become where it's him looking at a bunch of like papers. Oh god. It's a great it's excellent. We can all relate. Yeah, I definitely uh, also this is the first like horror type of thing we've ever done on the, on the on the thing. On Christina the, got scared so much so <laughs> that I could e- exclusively watch this during the day. It had to be daylight, preferably morning. And I like okay. So I asked my friends who had seen it and talked about it in a group chat before, and I was like, guys, let me know how scary is this because I can't handle anything ever. I'm chicken shit. Yeah. I can't. And so my one friend was like, Andre was like, it's not that bad. I don't like scary either, so you'll be fine. And then my my other friend Malcolm had said, there's only one episode that's really scary. So I thought I had just finished the second episode. So yeah. I thought to myself, hey, it's 10 o'clock at night. What are the odds that the scary episode would be number three? Because, like, obviously, it's going to be closer to the climax. So it'll probably be, like, episode 8, 9, 10. It was 3. Yep. I made it through 20 minutes, and I slept a total of 3 hours that night. It's like, at that point, vampires are a thing. Vampire, like, demon eyeball things are a thing. Wizards <laughs> are a thing. And then all of a sudden, oh, we're going to get into ghosts. Ghost house is a thing. Spooky. Sp- <laughs> <laughs> we're 
werewolf mar mitzvah, oh. spooky, <laughs> scary, boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. What is this? What is happening? <laughs> 30 Rock. Oh, I was doing Christopher Walken. I know, oh. but I, you can't not Got it. play werewolf bar mitzvah, spooky, scary, in my head, which was written by Donald Glover when he was a writer on 30 Rock. Oh. The useless information that I have in my head. That's not always useless. Yeah, so you have vampire monsters, you have evil scientists, you have witches and warlocks and wizards. Yes. Spells, potions, you have like body, body cloning, changing, morphing. We got time travel. Time travel. We got some Indiana Jones vibes. Indi- so- <laughs> fucking, fucking Indiana Jones as shit that one episode. Did I with text the you light, With the light? No, I just thought of oh, it myself. I, I thought about texting. I was like... This is Indi- This is some Indiana Jones shit right here. With the light, where it's like, the light has to line up perfectly, and then it... it, it oh, no. I was talking about the episode when he got the extra papers. When he went to get the papers, he had to go through the whole thing. When he went to go... Through- yeah, that's it. Yeah. No, you're talking about the... Th- was it the same thing? Same thing. Oh, I... Same thing. They're in the museum, yes. and the light had to hit a certain way yeah, yeah, for yeah. it to okay. for them to figure out, oh, it's the crocodile's yeah. tooth that you have to pull to get in there. Crazy. So we're going to talk about Lovecraft Country, <laughs> in case you couldn't tell. Spoiler alert. <laughs> a little, too little, too late. I think when we redo the theme song, Dave, when we redo the theme song. Take notes. Um, Dave. Dave. David. Um, <laughs> That's what I have to tell you. I have an update for everybody. Dave doesn't listen to this podcast, so it doesn't even matter. Oh, my boyfriend doesn't listen to podcasts either. It's fine. He's like, I follow you. That's enough. Yeah. He's like, well, listen, this is how, this is how you get your numbers up. I follow you. That's enough. I follow you on YouTube. I follow you here. That's enough. So. I told Nicholas to subscribe. He didn't do He didn't what? subscribe. And he can't be on the podcast. If anybody wants to be a guest, you have to be subscribed to whatever it is. So you have to follow us or, or download our stuff on on iTunes, Spotify, we're everywhere, or the YouTube channel, you have to be a subscriber. That's that's the rule. That's the rule. You can't be on the podcast unless you do that. We need to get Bruce on the podcast. We need to get Bruce on the podcast. I know. Why haven't we? I, I we, know. I was sitting on the train today being like, why is, it, why is it Bruce on the podcast? He's literally our biggest fan. He's listening to this probably like, why aren't I on the podcast? Well, that's how did you, before he sent, he was the, he was the meme, the I meme saw. guy. Well, I he saw. texted me this morning and he's like, um, excuse me, where's um, my episode? Hello, excuse me. Well, because we didn't post anything that this was going to be late. I did. You did? I didn't see it on Instagram. I did. I posted it in our Instagram story. Today? Yes. I didn't see anything. Did I accidentally post it on my Instagram story? It's possible. Putetra? It's I'm possible. sorry, where were we? It's okay. While you're, so while <laughs> you're, while you're pulling that up, It's I've, been a very long t- time since we've recorded together. It's all right. So. It's, yeah. We're in the same room, believe it or not. We're, we're while feeding you're pu- off of each other. While you're pulling that up, this is what I wanted to say. The update that I have. So I finally had my first Ew David moment. I didn't post. I made a beautiful post and I didn't didn't post. post Same for the next time we're delayed. It'll happen again. I'm I'm sure of it. It had to apply to Lovecraft Country. Anyway, whatever. Christina, Ew David, go. So I'm helping Dave move out of his apartment. Yes. And I was opening one of the drawers in his... uh, Drawers is a drawer, but I don't say drawer. But I've been told people don't know what I'm talking about half the time. So valid. I to, yeah. Valid. 
It's fair. I saw this, you know, stick with the story, Christina. <laughs> Stay focused. So, ah. Okay. So I'm helping him pack, and I open up the drawer, and there's a stink bug in the drawer. And I was like, ew, David. And he doesn't, he doesn't watch the show enough to catch it. And I didn't even realize that I said it the way that I said it. And then I realized it, and he looked at me, and he smiled, and I looked at him, and I went, uh. And then he was like, that's cute. Ew, David. And then he just kept walking away going, ew, David. Ew, David. <laughs> Dave. Dave. <laughs> Dave, what rock do you live under? The biggest rock. That he... He's like, oh, ew, David. Ew, David. And I was like, yeah, Fucking ew. Yeah. <laughs> Can't take credit for that one, David. Gosh, David. So. Did you go. Mm, mm, mm. I did that with the cheesecake, I think I told you, or the cornbread that I thought was cornbread. Yeah. And I was like, you want to just split a cute little, mm, cute little cornbread? And he was like, and, th- and that's what he said. Again, missed that one too. He goes, <gasps> he was like, no, you're my cute little cornbread. And I was like, oh, but all. But oh. Now that we're totally off topic. Woo! That was the that was the update I had. I it was like the left field we are in. As soon as it happened, I was like, I need to remember to tell Danielle because we talked about it on the podcast. So I have to tell everyone that we had that moment. And it's so funny because one day Dave's gonna start listening to the podcast. It's all gonna come together. <laughs> see, see he, okay, you I'm can... gonna come home and it's gonna be him in his swivel chair. <laughs> So I heard you talking (laughs) shit about me on the podcast. See, here's my... This is my safe space. Here's my issue, is that I... Nicholas does not listen to this, but Nicholas listens to me editing this. Ah. So uh, through the transitive property, he hears it. But, so if I talk about him, he will hear me editing it. Put your headphones on. They don't... I have the pods, they don't work. It, like, cuts in and out on Audacity. Oh. Interesting, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, another episode, another technical difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, you can find Lovecraft Country on HBO Max. It is an HBO original. Oh, gee. So, um, at the Golden Globes, the 2021 Golden Globes, this was nominated for Best Drama TV Series. Uh, it was not nominated at the Emmys. It, so it qualified for last year's Emmys, or is it going into this year's Emmys? I did not look that up. So it might be, might be. <laughs> it came out August. Maybe it didn't. Because when were the Emmys? August is late because it's in September. Okay. So it, it may qualify for next year's Emmys. So... Uh, the SAG Awards are a thing. <laughs> they are. But I would also like to preface this with, Danielle and I have had a really hard time with this over the past couple of years, which is basically as long as we've been doing the podcast. Ever since we've been in quarantine, they've changed the dates on everything and the qualification dates. So we're really playing a game of catch-up here. Yeah. So maybe when we figure that out, we'll do a quick fixes. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. So SAG Awards, I decided to dip into them because, hey, why not? They're a thing. Um, <laughs> so many awards. <laughs> so this is nominated. They're 
They are Easter Sunday, the SAG Awards. Pagans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm kidding. I'm obviously kidding. I know. I know you're kidding. Um, so this is nominated for Best Ensemble in a Drama Series, and this is also nominated for Stunt Ensemble in a TV Series. Da 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 da. That's what I think of when I think of stunts. <laughs> it is Friday evening. This is not a Sunday recording. We're gonna get the giggles really, really soon. I, I haven't had any alcohol for the record. <laughs> Drinking seltzer, but I'm it's sober. But it's just like you know that like end of the week where it's just like pure delirium. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at right now. I'm ready for okay. <laughs> so since this is based on books and there's a lot happening. I kept the summary a bit more generalized so that I could be a little bit more inclusive to everything that's going on. So I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but based on a series of books by Matt Ruff, and I would like to preface that Matt Ruff redid the books that were done by Lovecraft originally. So I I was a little confused because we had a phone conversation. Yeah. I was a little confused by that. Okay. We should have talked about this before we started recording. Keep talking. It's fine. I saw that Matt Ruff wrote these books in 2016. The way I read it was that, wasn't it one book, but it had a bunch of different, like, like, stories in the book? It could be. And they were, that's why, like, each episode was kind of, like, its own different story. I never read the book. But the original book was done by Lovecraft Country, and it had no black people in it. I okay. don't think at all. I think it was all white people. And I'm looking for the article and the original article that I found. But apparently the, the person, um, Lovecraft, the guy Lovecraft, I can't remember his full name. H.P. Lovecraft? Probably. Hewlett Packard Lovecraft. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's not true. That's not a thing. He, um... Was a really, like... Well, look at him. He just doesn't look like a nice guy. From Providence, Rhode Island. He looks like he's gonna kill me. Yeah. Yeah. Howard Phillips Lovecraft. Okay. So, yeah. um, Weird fiction, horror. That's what he has. That's what it said. Yeah. So, he wrote these books. They were, like... Oh, in the 8th... He was born in the 1800s. Yeah, he died in 1937. Okay. At 46. That's young. So, he wrote the original book or series. I, I thought it was a series, but I, I could be wrong. I, I assumed that it was a series, but I, I guess I shouldn't assume. You know what happens when you assume. Oh, damn it, Dave just said this to me the other day. So, Matt Ruff rewrote this, making a more inclusive um, well, if the name, story. Well, if the name of it was called Lovecraft Country, did he take... He took the name... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Lovecraft Country is a 20... So, the, yeah, the book came out in 2016. Dark mm-hmm. fantasy horror, which I think covers all of the genres. I think it does. By Matt Ruff, exploring the conjunction between the horror fiction of H.P. Lovecraft and the racism in the United States during the era of the Jim Crow laws. Gotcha. As experienced by black science fiction fan Atticus Turner and his family. Oh, right, because he was reading it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It was published by Harper Collins. Mm-hmm. So, um, the actual, I think this was just a book. So, it's it just says a novel. Yeah. So, I think this became a novel, but it was based on the series of books from H.P. Lovecraft. 
Gotcha. I think well, you pick and choose. Here, if one. you scroll down on this Wikipedia page, you see that. I mean, all I had to do was just scroll down a little bit more, and I had the answer. The book consists of eight interconnected stories. Basically, what I said. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that's what happened. Okay. So now that we understand. Now that we've established <laughs> that, Lovecraft Country takes us through the incredible journey of an African American family in the 1950s. What begins as a search for a missing father, Tick's father, Atticus's father, turns into every piece of science fiction, horror, fantasy, and thriller show combined. Don't they make a joke about that? Where, like, Letty's like, we call him Tick, because for some reason Atticus is a mouthful. Yeah. It's, it's very true. Alright, so speaking of Atticus, let's talk about him. His name is Atticus Tick Freeman, played by Jonathan Majors. Uh, he is a Korean war vet and an avid science fiction nerd from the south side of Chicago. He goes back to Chicago when his father, Montrose Freeman, played by Michael Kenneth Williams. There's something about the name Montrose that I enjoy. I don't know why. Okay. But the whole time I was like, that's a wonderful name. It's a beautiful name. Um, Montrose goes missing. Montrose is an abusive, alcoholic... But as the show progresses, we find out that he just uses these traits to cover up his own personal struggles. Not that that's good, but, you know, growth. Um, Montrose's brother is George Friedman, played by Courtney B. Vance. He owns a garage and prints the Safe Negro Travel uh, travel Guide book. Uh, his wife is Hippolyta Freeman, played by, played by Anjuni Ellis. Don't count her out. We all did. Everyone counted out Hippolyta. Mm. But don't count her out. George and Hippolyta's daughter is named Dee, short for Diana, played by Jada Harris. When Tick comes back to town, he rekindles a flame with Letitia Letty Lewis, played by Journey Smollett. Uh, she's tough and stands up for what she believes in. Letty has an equally tough sister, Ruby, played by Wumi Masaku, who dreams of working at Marshall Fields. Uh, Ruby gets played by a mysterious man named William, played by Jordan Patrick Smith, who turns out to be Christina Braithwaite, played by Abby Lee. Christina was born into a magic-practicing family who sought immortality. Uh, Christina was not allowed to practice because she was a woman, so you know what you do? You kill them all. Um, then we have Gia, played by Jamie Chung. She fell in love with Atticus when he was stationed in Korea. She is a Kimo, Kim, Kumio, which is Kaminu. a... Kaminu. I think it's Kaminu. Okay, she's a Kaminu, which is a nine-tailed fox, a dark spirit that inhabits the body of a beautiful woman to kill men who abuse women. She's also able to see her vic victim's life before she takes them, and she was able to see Tick's life, and that's how she knew that Tick was going to die. Which has never happened before. It's never happened before. She only sees everything that's happened already but she, she predicted she saw his future she saw his future so um in episode 10 we have the finale uh christina is getting ready to cast her immortality spell I thought you were saying talking to me <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's okay <laughs> you can never watch anything where the, the character's name is christina or danielle yeah. vicky christina barcelona not happening <laughs> not on this podcast so, Christina is getting ready to cast her immortality spell, but she needs Tick's blood to complete it because he is Titus's direct heir. Uh, so the gang hops in Woody and heads to Artem. But, excuse me, 
we shouldn't have had seltzer. But <laughs> before they head out, Ru- Ruby and Letty have a heart- final heart-to-heart, and Ruby gives Letty the vial that contains Christina's blood, which they need to cast their spell. Once they arrive, they begin casting protection spells on all of the areas, and their plan is going great. But then it quickly gets foiled because the whole towns the townspeople attack them. Letty and Ruby have a a tussle in the watchtower because we think that it's Ruby, but really it's Christina in Ruby's body. So Ruby has been killed, as we know. Um, uh, and Ruby did not give Letty Christina's blood, so Atticus did not eat Christina's blood. So we ate that guy's heart for nothing. Yeah, we didn't mention that. He ate some ghost's uh, heart. It's okay. They had to have the original creator of the... They needed Titus. Yeah, Titus, Christina, and him. Yeah. All in them. So, reverse. Vicky, Christina, Barcelona. (laughs) Titus, Christina, Artem. (laughs) Spinoff. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) To reverse Christina's spell. Exactly. So Ruby, well not Ruby, Christina in Ruby, and Letty begin to fight, and Letty gets pushed out the window, which at this point Letty no longer has her protection spell on her, protection spell on her, so she falls to the ground and she is presumed dead. Tick is brought to the altar and Christina is about to cast her spell, and at this point, she to, to gain full immortality, and this is where I need your help, Christina, because a lot of stuff happened. Oh, well, she did, she did, she slid his wrists open. She did. Wide open. Yeah, white dress, red blood. Yeah, well, so there were a lot of, like, symbolic pieces here of, like, the white and the red, I mm-hmm. feel like. Um, the, he was, like, it almost looked like he was hanging on a cross. He was, like, the sacrificial lamb, which I think yeah. they said at one point. Um, so she ends up, it, the spell is complete, but as the spell is complete, she, Letty gets up. So Letty was given back her, um, protection, protection. What is it? Uh, immunity, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, we don't really know how it happened. Yeah. They kind of glossed over those details there. Right. So if you were to ask me, um... I think she gave it back. Well, all right, I'll just say it now. I think Christina gave it back because of when she went through that moment where she told the two men to kill her like the little um, boy had been killed. He was beaten to death. He was tied with the rope around his neck and the throne and the thing. And she says a prayer or a spell before that and then she dies. Like, she goes through that, we we see that happen, and it's almost like she does that because she's trying to take a shot at understanding empathy. Yeah. And she, before that, she says, like, I don't really care about this kid that died. I don't care yeah. about any of them. Like, Dee's not... friend Bobo, who died. Right. Right. Um, She's like, none of these people really mean anything to me. And then she calls Ruby out for saying, I don't think these people mean anything to you either, because at the end of the day, you just did whatever you wanted to do. And so... I thought that maybe it was because she did actually understand a little bit of empathy and she was upset that Ruby had actually betrayed her. So, like, she actually caught feelings for Ruby. That was a real thing. Okay. And so she was hurt but wanted to keep her promise to Ruby, which was never let anything happen to my... Just don't harm my sister. Okay. I feel like 
that may be why the protection spell extended itself on to Letty. Because no, I think that she did it because she didn't want to. I, I think that she had. I think that she had brought Letty back using that spell. Okay. Because of the fact that she wanted to keep her promise to Ruby. Okay. I know it's a stretch. Yeah. And this is really like my biggest low was that they really didn't do anything with that empathetic moment. Yeah. That was the only kind of connection that I could have made. But since you wanted my help with the climax, <laughs> I'm throwing it in here. I don't know where else to put it. Okay. Um, so Letty comes back. She does a spell. The spell isn't powerful enough. So there's kind of like this black tornado, blackish grayish. Actually, it's more of a charcoal, <laughs> if you will. Like tornado cloud on like a 45 degree angle coming from the sky. And um, the Kaminu comes in and she stands in front of it because she remembers what the woman who put the curse on her had said that you'll see a lot of darkness and death before you. So she stands in front of it, her nine tails come out of nowhere, and grabs Atticus and Christina. And one might think that maybe, I don't know why she would grab both of those bodies, Danielle, other than to take away the immortality and also maybe transfer it to Atticus. I don't know. I guess we'll find out more about that in season two, but... She grabbed both of those bodies, and okay. then um, Christina's left in, like, the rubble. Yeah. I guess that's where I'll kind of... I mean, they all kind of jump in, and, and uh, they take over, and then we see Christina in the in the rubble after uh, Atticus sacrifices himself because he had to go willingly. Yeah. Um, Letty tells Christina that she's... Um, Christina had said, I can't do magic anymore, and she told Christina that she's taken away magic from all white people and that the magic belongs to them now. They leave Dee and the vampire with a thousand eyes, um, but the one that's on their side that Montrose summoned for them. So, okay, continue, because yeah. I have an interesting theory with that. So okay. please continue. So Montrose, like, messed up the spell a little bit, and instead of, like, um, making him, giving him immunity, he brought this thing to like basically give him immunity so anytime Atticus is in trouble the monster like comes to him it's basically like when did Montrose do that spell though a while back so I have a theory okay that so we never see Uncle George die Mm -mm. well we see him dead in the car did we see him dead in the car yeah because Montrose is holding him they carried him out of the rubble, okay. but he's dead in the car. Why? Because part of me wonders if a vampire bit him and he became a vampire. If George became a vampire, but a good vampire. I mean, like, they didn't just go on. They, like, ripped limbs, you know? Yeah, but I'm thinking of, like, the police chief in the first episode where he turns into one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but his whole arm is gone. <laughs> okay, so never mind. So theory debunked. Sorry. It's okay. So D comes back with this I guess <clears throat> pet now <laughs> to see Christina who's piled under the rubble. Christina begs her for help. D with her new mechanical arm not only chokes Christina after begging her for help, but um makes her neck explode, but not before saying something along the lines of they just never learn to her new pet. The two Walk away, D and the pet from the rubble. The one foreshadowing thing that I did want to bring up is 
if you remember in episode one or two, I think Ruby is singing in a jazz club. Mm-hmm. Um, was she singing in a club? I don't really know if she was singing jazz. I don't remember. Okay. But she was making fun of life could be a dream. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, no, that's episode one. It's when they're, it's the block party. Yeah. So she's singing and she's making fun of life could be a dream. Yeah. And then when they're in the car. That's when they're all singing. Yeah, and she's like, all right, I'll join in. And so, you know, at first I thought, so at first I thought maybe she's just giving in because this is like, this moment is like the calm before the storm. So like that moment of like that kind of theory of foreshadowing. It's like everything's calm, they're in the car, they're having a moment, and then like all this crazy shit is about to happen. Yeah. But also, if you'll notice, something went wrong with that vial because the vial that Ruby was going to steal had only a few drops of blood in it. Okay. Yeah. So then when, like, Ruby gives it to Letty, Mm -hmm. it's a full bottle. So that, to me, I was like, oh, I thought that bottle that she was looking at had only a couple of drops in it. Well, was that the actual Ruby that gave Letty the bottle or was it Christina? Well, the actual Ruby that was going to take it the bottle that she was going to take on the counter when Christina was explaining it to her and she's, like, looking at it for a long period of time before the camera goes away, there's, like, only a few drops in it. It's at the very bottom. Yeah, that's why that leads me to believe that that's not actually... Like, Ruby didn't actually give her sister no, the No, that was Christina the whole yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. But we can confirm it because she starts singing Life Could Be a Dream. You know? Gotcha. Which is, like, not her personality at all. And then the other thing was... Ruby has said, she's looking at the bottle and Christina's like, what? And then Ruby said, nothing. I was just wondering when you got all of this from me. Mm-hmm. And then obvi- and then she turns into Ruby. Gotcha. Yeah. So those were some, some moments that like directly affected the climax that I thought would be beneficial to throw to, in there. To mention here? Mm-hmm. The fun will never stop. The fun will never stop. I mean, we can go into the upsetting ratings if you want. Okay, let's let's roll into them. So IMDb gave it a 7.1 out of 10. The highest rated episode was Rewind 1921, which I think is the second to last one. Which yeah, is, that's episode 9. That was, was a, a really good episode. That was one of my, I think that was my favorite episode, to be honest with you. And that was an 8.5 out of 10. The Metacritic, uh, the Metascore was 79 out of 100. And the user score was a 4.9. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave it an 88% and the audience gave it a 64%. Is that a splat? Uh, no. And 50 and under is a splat. Oh, okay. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> so, a lot of the reviews that I found, it was like hard finding, <laughs> it's really hard to find a good one. Um, a lot of what I found was saying that it doesn't work. Excuse me, there's just too much... We really shouldn't have had seltzer before we did this, huh? <laughs> Sorry, everyone. This was your idea. Um, Blame me. <laughs> even though I brought it out. Yeah. A lot of them said it doesn't work. There's just too much stuff that they're trying to cram into each episode. It's messy. It's not strung together. Um, that's a lot of what's happening here. So I found a one-star review from Esther R., and Esther R. was very enraged, and she says, more like Stranger Things adult vi- version, gosh. 
Thank you, Esther. That's, for, that's what she said? For your input. That, that's her whole review. That's it? <laughs> oh, my God. That's so ridiculous. I love it, though. You can tell that Esther is just an old woman. Like, my goodness. Um, or maybe she's not. I'm sorry. I don't mean to uh, stereotype Esther's here. So this is a four and a half star review. It says, I really enjoy... I don't know who wrote this one. I'm sorry. I just pulled it. Okay. I really enjoy the show. My only issue is the music they use in some scenes. Contemporary music deprives a show of its authentic feel. Otherwise, the acting is superb. The story is engrossing. And its depiction of racism, the characters encounter in the 1950s is remarkable. I will agree with the latter half of this review. But the beginning of this review I do not agree with because I love that they used contemporary music in the show personally. I like the bitch better have my money. I like the Cardi B. I liked it. I feel like it worked well even though this is supposed to be like 1950s and shaboom again. I get it. Shaboom (laughs) shaboring. Exactly. So I liked it. Um I don't know how you felt about it. The music? Yeah. So it started out being 1950s everything. And the first song that I heard that was like out of that era, I was like, where the, where is this coming from? It's so out of left field. But then I let it go because every song was justified. Yeah. It's not like they were just playing music just to play music. Like, like, insert any badass song here. Like, I don't think that it was very much like he's dreaming. Yeah. I don't think it was very much like that. But I kind of saw that every song was justified, so I decided that it that it didn't matter anymore. Yeah. That right. was, I feel like this was a good segue into highs and lows. Alright, then let's just do that. I, I, we talked about that we thought it was shot beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, so the major low that I had was when Christina relives the killing of the boy, um, for which I'm assuming is to take a shot at understanding empathy, but it just kind of falls flat. They don't really do anything with it. The, and the stretch that I found was, like, her understanding that kind of empathy is why she gave Letty back the immunity after she died again. But she gave it back to her again because she didn't want to break that promise with Ruby. And also that she didn't actually kill Ruby, but... She's in a comatose state. But she kind of has to be if she wants to, like, continue to use her. Yeah. Yeah. The same way that she was with William. Because you kind of get the idea that she was in love with William as well. William was her brother, wasn't it? Was it? I think so. I don't know about that. Oh. Maybe. Who knows? Um, so could Not be, explained. <laughs> could, could be both. Who knows? So, yeah. I don't... I, I was like... I thought that something was going to actually happen with that. And it, then nothing happened. Yeah. I mean, I liked the fact that each... I was watch. I watched ten movies. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt. Um, but it's kind of like, it was kind of like Marvel, how each movie is, like, kind of connected together, mm-hmm. but, like, it's a, it's, like, a separate entity, but, like, it could be connected together, and, like, some of them ended on cliffhangers, and some of them didn't. Yeah. Some of them had endings, and, like, I liked that I didn't know what was gonna happen. Yeah, I thought that each episode, the way that they were connected was really great, but each episode you got something different. Yeah. If you're not ready for the switch, you're not going to know what's coming at you. Um, so we talked about Indiana Jones. I got Watchmen vibes from him. 
from him from the show. I also got American Horror vibes from this, yeah. which I had mentioned to you, which is, it kind of does, I haven't watched American Horror Story in a very long time, but I'm thinking about um, Asylum specifically, where like each episode is kind of like its own movie, but it all ties together. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was getting very much American Horror Story vibes. My only low was that I feel like the show was unnecessarily graphic. It was, like, very, very gory. It was. Well. How many times did we watch Ruby come out of her. Yeah. Her, like, her shell. Yeah. Well, that. Then the scene. The last time we see her come out of her shell. That was a graphic scene. Yeah. Um, The Kamihu, where the body literally explodes. I mean, you know that it's graphic episode one when, like, the, the arms are getting tore off and the faces are getting yeah. tore off. Yeah, I just felt like it was, like, a little too much in my personal opinion. And then when they, what, that, that officer, when they sewed his body oh, down. Oh, yeah. But, but. I mean, he had it coming. He had it coming. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> you can't trigger me like that. Did you? <laughs> Snack break. break. Did you eat anything? Um, now, speaking of all the gory. Well, it was very gory, but I did, this was like a dinner show for me. So Nick and I would like make dinner and then watch this together because he, he watched it with me and he very much enjoyed it. Nope, I watched this all by myself. So we had some shrimp tacos one night when we were eating them. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I couldn't eat while I was watching. There were a couple of times where I was like, oh, I'm going to eat beforehand. And then I was like, oh, thank God I ate beforehand because I don't want to eat now. <laughs> you need like some tea. This show, you know what it was? This might be a low for me. Okay. I don't know. I don't really know how to think about it or place it. The sometimes the the music with the the music without the lyrics, the the score, the I score. guess, yeah, there the you score. Go. Unnecessarily suspenseful when nothing is happening. Oh, I we were watching it with the closed captioning on, so, so was I. It was like suspenseful music. The amount of times <laughs> the that, adjectives that HBO has on their closed captioning is great. What was it? Was it's it like foreboding music? I think it was omnius at some point. Omnius music. The amount of times omnius music showed up on my screen. I wish I had a penny for every a nickel. Oh, maybe a quarter. <laughs> for every time. It was like ridiculous. So yeah, I don't know if that was like a trap. I don't know the game plan for that. Yeah. But I definitely felt like, what the fuck is happening kind of thing. Yeah. What were you expecting out of this? So I thought this was a limited series. So I was was expecting it to be done. And there were so many, there were like, there's like a couple of ways that this could go. There's like plot holes that need to be filled in. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I just, uh, I was expecting it to just be this these 10 episodes. I didn't know that it was... I don't know what made me think that. I feel like I read it somewhere, and then I, I was like, well, I read this on the internet, so it must be true. And then just ran with it. True. Yeah. So, when you watch the trailer, I feel like you really have no clue what the show is about when you watch the trailer. No, the trailer wasn't that scary. No. And then you, like, by episode two, I was completely lost. I'm like, okay, we got wizards now. And honestly, I feel like if I wasn't watching this for the show, I probably would have stopped after episode two, but I'm really glad that I stuck with it because I thoroughly enjoyed the show. Mm. I just felt like it was like very like, infer- like 
it just took such a like wide turn after episode two but then it like it brought it back it brought it back on the road but then it also like started swerving a little bit more off on and off the road but well now you i mean now you know that it was like different books put together you know it's not just like this the one story being told it was like eight stories strung together yeah did you have an IRL moment? So I actually thought of about this today. I've uh, I've sort of been a bad luck Chuck these days. Great. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. So, I don't know, just like, I'm not going to talk about my personal life, but a lot of stuff's been happening. But uh, today specifically, I felt like I got hexed. <laughs> oh no. You're wearing your Maloikia, right? Yeah, I am. But, so, I went to go see an apartment. Uh-oh. I have lived in Hoboken, New Jersey for five years. I've never had the power go out. I'm in this apartment with this real estate agent and all of a sudden the power just cuts. I'm like, what? It's an omen. You yeah. Can't, you can't live there. Well, no, I can't. <laughs> I hope the real estate agent's not going to listen to this. Anyway, I'm, I'm not taking the apartment. But it like, I was like, I've never had that happen. It kicked right back up, but... Doesn't matter. So then I'm on the train to come back here the lights cut out on oh the train. My if my power goes out, Danielle, that's not real wood, but I appreciate it. I'm Thank locking you. my head. Thank you. So I really hope that the power does not go out. Oh my god. That's terrifying. Sorry. Now you're nervous, aren't you? Of course. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm just, I'm nervous all the time. That's me. Just all the time. This show, nervous. All the time. Like, turn on the TV. Nervous. <laughs> All the time. Oh, I don't know if I had one. I think, um... No. No. Too much of a stretch? I, I don't think it was too much of a stretch. It's just like I was... I don't, um... I feel like I had... No, actually I did have one and I, I did the same thing that I did that one episode where I forgot it. I didn't write it down right away. I thought about this on the train as soon as the lights went out and wrote it down immediately. Yeah, that's the problem. That we have a phone. Our phones are always connected to us. They have the Notes app. It's an amazing app. Amazing application. You can write down Great anything for public apologies. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Ugh. Did you watch that SNL skit? Yeah, I did. All right. Now we're just going off topic. <laughs> we did it, though. We did it all. All right, so thanks for joining us. Let us know what you think of Lovecraft Country by reaching out to us on Instagram and Twitter at Hey It's Two Girls. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Class Sixtina. Danielle's on Instagram at Danielle Kobianki. Send us an email at Two Girls Watch TV, two is spelled out TWO at gmail.com. Check out the blog Beer Coffee Donuts and the YouTube channel Two Girls Drink Beer. We are drinking beer. Yeah, we're about to. We are. All right, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your week. Bye. And we'll catch you on Friday because it's a double, double Double episode. Double header this week. All right. Bye. What's up?